Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Get another episode of the Dad Starting Over podcast, and that is our new intro music. How about that, Michael? What do you think? I like it. Good. Bad. I like it. Oh, cool. Suitably, suitably manly enough <laughs> for the uh, does the job. Does the job, <laughs> but not too too over the top. Well, Michael, thank you for doing this, buddy. I appreciate it. This is what we call a little one-on-one interview with a reader slash follower of the Dad Starting Over world, and you are a member of the DSO fraternity. So thank you for that. Thank you for the invitation. How how yeah how in the world did you find me in the DSO world? Let's start there. So uh, the first conversation that I had, um, well, I just sent you like I saw the ad on Facebook, of course, like everyone else. And uh, the first uh, message that I sent you was uh, right after uh, the passing of, uh, my daughter, we had a stillborn at like 38 weeks. And, um, you know, I was always like working hard on our marriage. And then, uh, and then this, um, we lost our daughter and it would, it, ju- it had just happened maybe like a few weeks after. And so this popped up on my thing and I sent you a message and I said, uh, Hey, you know, I didn't buy the book, but uh, just nice to know that there's something there, something along those lines. But I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not going to buy the book yet. Or you said, you said, okay, Michael, uh, good luck, you know, and uh, and because um, I just saw statistics of you know divorce after a tragedy, and I wanted to make sure I was in line. And so I said, you know, I I, I really got into like the Jocko podcast and David Goggins and all this kind of stuff of just having that leadership mindset and so before buying the book uh uh i was like working towards that and then um you know uh it was a pretty good pregnancy but during the pregnancy like her and i so yeah sorry my wife got pregnant again (laughs) uh and so yeah we were trying to have a baby and like things were going really really well and uh 
she got pregnant and uh, we just both had anxiety to be intimate. We're just like, that was just like cut off. You know what I mean? And, and after the baby came, I'm like, okay, we're good. You know, baby's good. Like let's, and like, so that was nine months of no intimacy. Wow. And her, but her and I were both like just so stressed out about not losing the baby again that, uh, it wasn't even a, it wasn't an issue for me, but until we had the baby and the baby's like there and we're good. I'm like, my engine just started like right back up again. And, uh, for my wife, it was like a lot more different. It was like, you know, no, hold your horses. We just had like a cesarean section here and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was stressful. And, and so I was like, okay, uh, you know, when you have that expectation, um, and then it's like, whoa, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, I said to myself, okay, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to look into this book because I felt my neediness just like coming up and coming up. And then there's like resentment. I'm like, and I was saying to myself, why doesn't she actually see like, you know, that, that, uh, I'm here, you know? And, um, like one, the first chapter of the book, I think is like, if your wife had a cesarean section, uh, give her a break, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm like, from that point on, I'm like, okay, this book is going to just point me in the right direction to become the best guy that I can be. Like okay. for my wife and for my... Mm-hmm. And then I realized uh, throughout the 10 years of marriage, I had only been doing the five mistakes. Interesting, interesting. And so, uh, like we're conservative Christians and, um, and so, uh, we didn't have sex before marriage. Um, but we both had experience before that. So, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, college days, all that kind of stuff. I wasn't Christian or anything like that. Um, but we kind of, I said like from the first date, she wasn't Christian and, and I said, uh, you know, just letting you know, I'm Christian and I'm looking for my wife and I'm not going to have sex to distract me, uh, in that. So this is the time that I'm taking to get to know you, to date you, but no sex. Wow. And, uh, this was in the driveway before going to meet her brothers and, uh, her two brothers, big hockey players. And like, she's like, you know, protected by them. And, uh, so we go into this party and her brother's like, Jess, are you okay? It looks like you got hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't know what to make of that. No, she didn't. She didn't. But you know, that was like a boundary that I put, uh, right from the start. And, and, uh, and, um, yeah, so there's that in your red flags book. It's like, if people, you know, especially people who wait for marriage and stuff like that, they'll dive into marriage and not necessarily be compatible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sexually. And, uh, and uh, so when we got married, it was like, my sex drive is like this, two times a day. And hers is like, more like LT, you know, normal, like mm-hmm. normal, but uh, on the lower side. And um, my attitude was just basically like, you know, if I just try harder, then she'll want me more. If I'm just nicer, happy wife, happy life then I increase my chances 
And like, you know, I repeated all that stuff, you know, vacuuming. Yeah. Thing like, hey, do you see me? Do you see me vacuuming? You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, which over 10 years just builds resentment and builds resentment. I remember when we first started, when we first were married, it was like, hey, honey, can I like have a back rub or whatever? And, and like that slowly morphed to, you know, I, I'm, I don't want a back rub because it was always just like me going for the back rub and then going for more. She, you know, she knew what that meant. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the covert contracts, all this kind of stuff. And so this really, the Dead Bedroom Fix opened my eyes to um, uh, to what was wrong with me, basically. Um, to what the attitudes that and the actions that I was doing um, that was building resentment or that was building like a coldness maybe on her part. or mm-hmm. And... Um, and so then I read uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Okay. And that was just like a, you know, a punch in the gut. Like, I'm not your typical nice guy. You're, you're, you're extreme nice guy because I own my own business. I'm assertive in, in that way. Um, but in, in one sense, I do have a business partner who is like the assertive one. You know, he, uh, we often say like, it's like good cop, bad cop mm-hmm. whenever we go to a convention or, um, so he's he's a lot more assertive, and I and I learned from him uh, to um, really not be afraid of conflict. And so I would be going at home, and it's just like, uh, you know, just being agreeable to avoid conflict. You know, uh, any kind of shit test or comp- competency test, um, I would fail mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I'm a guy who likes projects and stuff like that. So I'll start a project and then um, it'll dwindle off the motivation. And so when I did start the dead bedroom fix, um, I didn't, I didn't tell my wife about it. I just said like, I'm going to the gym. And then she's, and you know, it was like, oh, your phase of going to the gym, you know, like she was just, and how cute of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so there was um, a little bit of shit testing at the start. And, you know, I just did the right answer and um, just kept doing my thing, just kept doing my thing until, you know, um, four months into it. Uh, I st- and I was getting results like uh, a month in, you know, but uh, four months into it, I told her about the dead bedroom fix and, you know, the, the, the group and good, uh, good. all this kind of stuff, and I showed her a uh, a print screen, like a, a, a screen uh, shot of uh, one of the guys who had lost like an incredible amount of weight, who's like super cut now, and he can fit like one, yeah, yeah. you know, one leg yeah. into his pants. and And I said, "Just this is the group that I'm a part of. Like this is the kind of stuff that we do." Mm-hmm. And she saw the title, "Dead Bedroom Fix." Oh. And, and she goes, ouch. Oh, yeah. And I said, uh, you know, that's what it was, though. Mm, that was the catalyst. Like, that, that, if, if we go with the definition of, you know, like sexist marriage or a dead bedroom, uh, for me, like, that's, that's pretty much what it was. And one thing that I, like, hand my hat off to my wife was that she never did, like, maybe once pity sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was terrible. Like, 
it's just not something that anyone ever mm. wants, you know. And so if she's just not feeling it, she's like, I'm not feeling it. And uh, and she she wouldn't hand out scraps. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I really, really respect her uh, in that regard because I can't imagine the, I don't know, the amount of resentment that could um, that could uh, build um, every single time that it feels just like duty sex on the part of the wife. And uh, she's just doing it as a chore, you know. And so um, building a foundation of like masculine leadership and everything like that, when I know it's coming from my wife, I know it's authentic because she's never really done pity sex anyway. Good. Good. Which is cool, which is very, very, very cool. And it's like a process for me, you know. It's um, I'll go back to Mr. Nice Guy and then like kind of – shake my head and say, oh, you know, and um, go back to being more assertive. And, you know, me being more assertive, I just seem a lot more serious. And like, I'll be walking around the house and I'm concentrating on things that I got to do. And she's like, why do you ask, why do you always have to look like an asshole though? <laughs> she wants you to loosen up a little bit. I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, so the, the 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 first thing that basically you said, like when I listened to the book, I listened to it two times in a row just to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And uh, the big thing was like, get to the gym, like get fit, you know. And uh, that was one thing that I was able to do um, easily because the psychology side of it, after reading uh, or listening to uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, I saw that that was going to be my mountain. Like that was the the hard part. And you've really taken that on big time. You are within our group. You know, everyone has your little your little personalities and things that we kind of. Uh, uh, this guy is the alpha male military guy. This guy is your former nice guy. You are known as the fitness dude because you got in yeah. really really good shape in a relatively short period of time. And so you have some natural gifts about you that you react well when you hit the weights and the cardio and everything, your body says, well, here we go. Um, do you have a past experience with in the physical world of weightlifting sports, anything like that? Um, so yeah, like I grew up, uh, doing swimming, um, hockey, like an active family, you know, active Canadian family, um, football, all that kind of stuff. And then I, I moved to Australia oh, as a cool. teenager and that was just like swimming uh, to Brisbane. And um, the the level of athlete over in Australia in the is swimming just, world, yeah, you can't absolutely. compare. It's insane. Yeah. So yeah. you did have a, you had a good foundation um, for building muscle. This wasn't a bot. You hadn't been sedentary exactly, your exactly. whole life. So I started with lifting weights when, when I was in grade 11 and I noticed like, you know, my ex-girlfriend, you know, high school girlfriend or whatever, after summer vacation, uh, we had a swim meet and she goes, holy shit, you're really built now. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> okay, okay. That like that, I was like the scrawny yeah, little yeah. guy, you know? And so, um, that kind of pushed me to do weights. And then, you know, uh, I come to college and then I, I come to college back in Canada. Then I really started lifting weights and it was so funny in your, in your book when you say like, well, I used to, 
the guys who used to say, well, I used to bench 300 pounds. And you're like, yeah, okay, loser. And like, that was me. Yeah. That was me. I'm like, I could do 300 pounds, you know? And it's like, okay, back in the glory days. And so uh, I'm like, I, I said, okay, I can't, I can't be that loser, you know? And so um, I started hitting the gym every single every day. Every single day. Wow. And uh, another yeah. thing too was like the nutrition side. You said like, um, just don't stop overeating. Like concentrate what you're putting into Keep your body simple. because athletic background, you know, teenager, you just yep. don't care. Yeah, you're like chips, carbs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I really, uh, I stopped drinking beer. I would, I would like drink beer like one day a week, basically, which would be like one mm-hmm. or two beers uh, with my father-in-law just to mm-hmm. be social, you know. Um, and I would try to cut down on carbs. And so, uh, my kid, uh, my four year old, he's diabetic. Oh, wow. And so we all know the stuff to, to, to mm-hmm. buy and how carbs affects your body and all that kind of stuff. So I just hop in with him for breakfast and all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, that really made me lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so I had like still a, a base of muscle. But I was doing like weight training every day. And at the end of my uh, weight training, I would just do a sprint 2K or 1K on the treadmill uh, just to get the metabolism going or whatever, just sweat. And um, and yeah, so I would do do the cardio side like twice a week. Um, But I would switch up the the routines Mm -hmm. like a lot. Um, every week I would do something different. If it was like high intensity stuff, high reps, one week, low reps, another week, resting five minutes between sets, no rest at all. Another week between sets, just like you're in the gym for, you know, when there's no rest, the gym goes by very quickly. You're in there for a half an hour. And so I would do two muscle groups basically, uh, and, uh, four exercises per muscle group. And so you're just like pounding it out and you're like, you're drenched by the end of it. But, uh, so that was a key thing too, is like making sure you're switching it up and, you know, uh, doing a lot of core, but as everyone says, uh, in the group, it's like abs are made in the kitchen. And so losing that weight for sure, like the abs come out a lot when you do a lot of core work. Um, but making sure what you're eating is, uh, is really, really important, but I'm not a fitness guy. Like, I mean, I just, I think I have good genetics because you said, Hey, you should start a blog. And I mean, it would just, no, it's all anecdotal. It's you know, it's just what works for me. You know, uh, when, when I see somebody ask a question and, uh, and Vance, for example, he, he responds, it's like, okay, I'm, this guy is on a different level. The the world of, um, fitness health, especially when it comes to putting on muscle, losing body fat, man, it's very difficult because what works for this guy has the completely different response in this guy, different result in this guy. I'm yeah. with you where I'm very sensitive to carbohydrates. And what I've learned as going on the age of 50 is that it's not so much my body takes carbs and goes crazy. It's more of a behavioral thing of eat one well, then 15 more is better. And then you get the blood sugar crash. And then an hour later, you're like, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to eat a little something. And then I learned with yeah. my body, skip the breakfast, eat a protein heavy lunch. And then I have to remind myself by dinner to eat again at six o'clock. I'm, I better eat mm-hmm. something. Um, just by virtue of that, 
that's over the period of, of the day, the, the caloric intake is much less than what I used to do. And voila, you, and voila, you lose weight. Completely. It's all about calories in, calories out. At the same time, you want to give yourself a good uh, macro breakdown that is appropriate for your level of, of activity. Most guys, I think, don't realize just how sedentary we are. You go to the you go to the gym an yep. hour, four days a week is you know you're pretty active compared to most, but that's only four hours out of all those hours in the week where you're I doing know. what we're doing right here, sitting at a desk all damn day. Yep. And you know what's funny? Nothing. The, uh, the bodybuilding world, that culture, has very much taken over the fitness world in general. Because I'm talking to fifty some year olds who are, I'm pounding protein shakes and I'm getting 200 grams of protein a day. And I'm like, you're getting kind of lost in the weeds there. You're not Mr. Olympia. You're not going to do any bodybuilding contest anytime soon. Mm -hmm. How about just work on being healthy and losing the 30 pounds you need to lose? Go work out and don't get caught up in the creatines and the, oh, what are some of the other things? Yeah. The branch chain amino acids. I hear a lot of those people are taking those, which scientific basis is not really there. They do a whole hell of a lot of anything. Oh, there's a lot the of money to be made. The industry is full of a lot of bullshit. And it preys on yeah. guys like you and me that are like, man, I just want to look like what I looked like when I was in my 20s. Well, take this pill and here you go. Mm -hmm. eh, testosterone boosters. Yeah. Roll my eyes at that. No. Um, and we could go on and on about the world of testosterone. We have a lot of guys that are on that in the group. It always surprises me. And I think um, I'm somewhat yeah. responsible for that given that I – have written and done podcasts pretty extensively on my experience, but that again is not for everyone. Some, some guys take a little bit of that and they just don't nope. feel good. They don't look good. Nothing. Their body's saying, don't do this. So for yeah. those guys, don't do that. While some are like, thank goodness, this was the missing mm -hmm. ingredient. Anxiety went down, body fat melts off, et cetera, et cetera. But we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here because we could go on and on about the fitness world. But I wanted to dig a little bit more into you, if I may, um, you have self-admitted nice mm -hmm. guy tendencies. So my first, my question is yep. where the hell did that come from? Can you pinpoint that to childhood stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, as I said, like I moved to Brisbane when I was a kid. Um, my, uh, the reason why we moved to Brisbane, my dad worked for a mining company, uh, from like, grade five to grade seven, my dad was basically like inspecting all the smelters uh, around the world uh, to make sure they're, I, I don't know, for safety and all this kind of stuff and for projects. And, and so he was gone like a lot. He, he was telling me uh, he would wake up um, like in Denmark uh, oh, wow. and yeah. he was, thought he was in Japan. You know, and so he was just way. And then so when he would come home for a weekend, he was in bed the whole time, like completely jet lagged. And then he had a uh, mm. kind of a health scare, pulmonary embolism. When we were, we had a fishing trip. He had like just stopped work, come for a weekend fishing trip, four hours away from like any hospital. We're on the four wheelers and uh you know, he, he's like, hey, Mike, can you stop the four-wheeler? Uh, I got to cut down this tree that was falling across the road, uh, cuts the tree, falls to one knee, Ooh, and like on his side. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, really scary stuff. And everything worked out. And 
woman who was like camping with her husband randomly had oh, wow. uh, a wow. satellite phone. This is like in the 90s. And a helicopter came, picked him up. Everything was all good. Uh, so after that point, um, he still had to work, you know, but uh, my mom was like, look, I can't take care of the three boys at home. Uh, and with your health, like you got to find a position where you're not traveling as much or I'm done. Like she was she had it. And um, and so my my dad was like, all right, sounds good. And uh, after a bit of time, he found uh, Brisbane, uh, the same company, just uh, had a project in the New Caledonia and uh, Brisbane had the uh, head office. So I was really raised a lot by my mom. Uh, who had like, you know, some mental issues and uh, a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. So it was a lot was like, let's make sure that mom is like, not going to get angry, you know? And so you had those two things of um, uh, mm -hmm. making sure that mom's not stressed out because three kids, like the sports and the mm -hmm. going back and the forth and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, on top of that is like my dad is traveling a lot, you know, um, I did have I do have two older brothers. And so there was that that masculine um, uh, good example. But they were so busy with sports, too, that like sometimes I was just like running around the neighborhood because I was mm. the youngest and my parents were just like too tired. And like, Ugh. and um, and so, yeah, I think the, the basis of those nice that nice guy tendencies definitely came from uh came from that in my childhood and yeah. uh seeking validation from my mom making sure she's all good and not mad and uh and it really started from there and then i noticed uh i always only really had like mm. like my closest friends were always girls you know and so i would i would always friend what do you think zone that is? um and so a lot of that really came from uh, well, I realize now, uh, is, um, I didn't have that full on anchored masculine leadership yep. where I felt comfortable around a whole bunch of guys. Like I had like a real anxiety of mm. like being on a hockey team. Interesting. So yeah. I just did individual sports. It's a, it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, when you're in a relationship with a man, there's this underlying kind of hierarchy, maybe somebody, somebody hears the alpha male of the group mm -hmm. and somebody, and it's not me. And that makes me feel uneasy. And, and oh, look, girls that I know girls, cause yeah. I've had a pretty close relationship emotionally with my mom all these years, healthy or not. I'm comfortable in that. That's my wheelhouse. I gravitate towards the girls, man. So many guys I talk to can relate to this. Absolutely. Absent father by, he wasn't, you know, a runaway father or whatever. He's just by virtue of his work. I hear that more often than not. And you're left with a mom who's overly anxious, overly stressed. You're a baby boy, right? Yeah. What's typical I hear from a lot of men is I was baby boy and I became kind of a surrogate spouse for my mom. She kind of dumped on me. No dad was there. Nobody to turn to. She was looking around and she's my little man come over here and help mom with this, this, and this, and listen to me while I emote, emote about my day. Mm -hmm. um, did she ever emote to you about dad? No. Like, don't, good. No, so no. she kept like, that. Yeah, she, she good. like, really, and they, their relationship now, like, it's, it's funny. They're, they're super close. I mean, they go fishing together, and 
now that mm-hmm. my dad's retired, <laughs> excuse me, my dad's retired and stuff, uh, um, you know, they've, I, they've definitely become way closer and it was so funny. Like last week, uh, my dad is, you know, he, he, he's an engineer all of his life, but he grew up chopping wood. Like he grew up as basically like a lumberjack, mm-hmm. uh, 12 years old, uh, with a big chainsaw on his hands. Um, and so he comes, uh, home and he does our, our, our firewood. And, uh, my mom came with him this time. Usually he comes alone just cause he's gone at five in the morning and he'll come back at like 10 at night or he does his thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had a chance not to confront my mom, but to say like, and my dad was there and I said, I really hope you guys aren't in a dead bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And did they say, what the hell is that? Or did right and my away- dad was like, you know, a super reserved <laughs> guy, but like, yeah. you know, really funny. And, and my mom goes, no, Mike, we do it six times a day. And I go, well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so do you get a sense over the years that, well, he's been gone so long. Just the logistics of it don't allow for a very close romantic relationship, I wouldn't think. Well, I think they're just so busy. I didn't even I didn't even think of my 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 parents on a romantic level like that. Yeah, just because yeah. they were just so busy with swim meets and with hockey tournaments and you know, uh but when they would go like like date nights I think is a new concept. Like I never seen them do date nights or anything like that. Where me and my wife, we do a minimum one date night a week. Nice. And uh, even with the newborn, like, I bring it to the in-laws. I'm like, let's go. Date night. Mm-hmm. This is our time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my kids are seeing that. Whereas I didn't see that when I was a kid. Like, my dad would be like, you know, we're taking Lynn on for a vacation, you know? And so yeah, yeah. they would go to, like, Hawaii or or something like that. Just the two of them. And uh, that would happen, like, once every 10 years or something oh, wow. like that. And yeah. so we would go on, like, a, a family vacation scheme. Um, where they would just like kind of ship us off to the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the, uh, you know, instructors and the, the, the ski schools and they would do their own thing, you know? And so, uh, that's the closest I've seen of them doing like stuff is a couple. And then when we moved to Australia, that's when I saw them doing a lot more coupley things, you know, with a whole bunch of other couples, they had a really good peer group. It was other engineers. Mm-hmm, so it was like mm-hmm. expats, um, and, uh, and then that's when I saw them doing like, uh, you know, c- cooking classes and, and, cool. and, and so, cool, you know, relationship stuff like that. So they put effort into it for sure. The, oh yeah, yeah. 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 And that, and that's the cool thing I saw about that side was my dad working so much <laughs> and then, you know, my mom putting that boundary and then just seeing my dad all the time and it being cool. That's cool. Very good. Yeah. 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 So I had that, I had that. Yeah, you know that nice guy, foundational uh, imprint in me though, mm-hmm. and so with my dad being there and being like the the masculine leader, like from you know grade eight onwards, uh, um, it was that that imprint was still there, yeah. and so I just kept that all of my life. Sure, it, it's yeah. kind kind of scary slash interesting just how much that early childhood stuff imprints on us. And then later in life, what's the scary part is how much we recreate that past with our next, our subsequent relationship. So the difficult question is, you just said your mom had some issues 
to use your word, some mental issues, some anxieties and yeah. so forth. I don't, did that get to a serious level? Did that get to an intervention type of level where you need, she needed to get help with it? Um, actually at my wedding. What? Yeah. 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 She was, uh, so she was working out like in order to do, de- she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so she knew like she had anxieties and stuff like that. And so the way that she would deal with it was I'm going to work out. And so she worked out, man. <laughs> like she was going like sometimes, you know, twice a day, all the classes and very, very, very fit, uh, triathlons, all that kind of wow. stuff. Um, and, uh, when it came time, uh, when I got married, uh, she had not met my wife yet. Well, that's unusual. So, like, how, I mean, how'd that work out? Was that on, pur- on well, purpose? That, well, that's the thing. Um, since we're like conservative Christians, yeah. we're like, oh, we're not going to let sex be a distraction. Yeah. But it's like, but it's the reason why, you know, like, it's like we got to get married like now. You know what oh, I mean? So it, was, it was a and, quick but courtship? We still knew like we had a great time with, with each other. Sorry, it was a what quick was that? courtship? It was just a matter of months from I meet you to getting married or really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had seen my wife four years prior and I know knew who she mm-hmm. was and I tried to pick her up, but like she blew me off, man. And so it was like a buildup of, of four years of, uh, uh, me asking her out. But that, that point of me asking her out six months later, like I was putting a ring on her finger basically. Wow. Uh, not basically like yeah, literally. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, my brother had flown down from Toronto after I asked her to marry me and was like, dude, what are you doing fast? Like, she's nice. She's nice. But it's like, you're, you know, you're going to regret this. He said, cause you just don't know her. And, uh, did he have a point? And, uh, I'm like, oh, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. And, 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 but I was really, anytime that I was dating a girl, I always was watching out. Like, is this someone I want to marry? Ever since I was, you know, like 14 years old, it's like, is this somebody I want to marry? And I always was looking out for red flags or whatever and saying, do I want to deal with that? Or, and, you know, when Jess came along, I would see something and it's like, you know, I could deal with that. I could deal mm-hmm. with that. And, um, and so, yeah, we got, we got married very, very quickly. Um, and my mom met like, my wife or my fiance, uh, like uh, two weeks before we got married. Wow. And so she was so stressed out, like at the wedding, like she had cracked all of her teeth, what? like a lot of her teeth in the back from just like but the clenching, the, you know? And so that the, was, that was, was the source this, of the not, stress. It wasn't a what straw. Was the, what was the source Sorry? of the stress? Did she not like Jess or she was just worried that you were making Unknown. a huge mistake? Yeah. Just, just, she didn't want me to make a big mistake or she didn't, it's that unknown, that ability, that thing that she couldn't control, or it was hmm. just, it was just she didn't want her son to make a mistake, that or have you know um, regret, have a regret in his life because the divorce is complicated and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, when she met her, uh, it kind of subsided, but just the fact that okay, there's a wedding um, that added on. And like uh, going to the reception, it was only my wife's family at the reception because 
my mom's uh, anxiety was so bad. Like she's like, oh, we got a flat, you know, on the way. There was wow. no flat, you know. No. And uh, no. yeah. anyway, so we waited for them. They were like, they were late or what, half an hour late or whatever. And it was good. And it was an amazing reception. Everyone was dancing. My 90-year-old grandmother was dancing to Johnny Cash. It was just mm-hmm. hilarious. It was an awesome party. And um, about about two weeks after they left, uh, my mom like called me and she was pretty much sobbing. And she's like, Mike, I'm really, really sorry. You know, I said and like she had basically admitted that she had lied. And and I was like, you know, mom, I understand, too. Like, must have been stressful there. <laughs> like, And uh, she started getting help from that point good, on, good. Okay. you know. Yeah. And so that was like, uh, OK, she is able to talk about anxiety, talk about mental health. 90 in the 90s. Even if you're a nurse, mental health was like not a thing people spoke oh, about. And the, the whole concept of self-care, totally foreign back then. Yeah, that, that's that's a relatively new thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the, the gym wasn't the self-care thing for her. It was like coping. I was going to say, mechanism. that sounds almost obsessive. Um, body image issues bring, you know, come to mind. I talked to a lot of men whose wife, wives yeah. have eating disorders, and sometimes that morphs itself into over-exercising and... That kind of stuff. So that's where my brain went immediately when you talk about your mom and then this acute um, anxiety episode, you know, grinding her teeth down. My goodness. Uh, did you, did yeah, you ever yeah. see such severe episodes in childhood or was your wedding just the perfect mix of everything and just set off that bomb? It was, yeah, it was the, we, we always knew like make, make sure mom is all good, you know, and walking on eggshells. And so there was always that. Um, but, uh, but no, no, uh, no panic attacks or anything like that or, or hospitalizations or anything like that. You know, maybe there was that we don't know about. But uh, from my point of view, like everything was pretty mm-hmm. much hunky-dory. Just make sure, make sure that, you know, mom doesn't get angry or anything like that. And so this, this was a thing that she couldn't control, her son marrying someone that she didn't know. And it was... Um, it was like, okay, mental health is going to be a topic in our family from now on. And that's, a, that's unusual. And I mean, kudos, uh, That's unusual. Sorry? Kudos to her for that and for your family. Because usually it's, boy, a major split in the family. Because it could be argued that that was kind of her way of sabotaging the wedding in an indirect, arguably almost narcissistic way. It's about me. It's about me. It's about my disorder on the biggest day of my son's life ever and his forever and ever. I'm going to make this about me yep. and I'm going to miss it because of mm-hmm. me and my issues and so forth. I can see, boy, did your wife take that? Well, did she interpret it the way I'm interpreting it now? It's on like, you know, roll her eyes. Like, here we go. What a way to, what a way to start the marriage. Um, I think she just yeah. felt bad for her. Yeah. I don't think she, she didn't take it personally. Um, she just felt, she just felt, uh, <clears throat> she just felt mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's uh, she's like uh, uh, really able to see the point of view of somebody else, and uh, so she didn't take it personally, like uh, as a personal mm-hmm. attack. You know, it was like, man, that sucked, but yeah. it must have well, sucked good, for her. Good. Now, the other side of this yeah. is we know that 
such severe anxiety, it's not unusual to see it passed down to kids, grandkids, and so forth. Um, whether that's yeah. a genetic component or whether, you know, nature, nurture, I'm not sure, but it's that, do you see in yourself anxieties that you've inherited from dear mom? Oh yeah. Um, I always have like this, uh, that's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. You know, but I do have like attention deficit disorder. Um, and so I take like medications for that. Otherwise I'll just not just like forget anything, but less present, you know, um, getting things done, uh, organizational skills. I'm dyslexic as well. And so, uh, that energy level, uh, goes down. But when I do take, uh, attention deficit medication, um, I feel like, like the part that of me that loves is yeah. smaller and the part of me that mm -hmm. is patient mm -hmm. is smaller. And so, I'm super performant, you know, like I, I can perform well, uh, I'm efficient and, uh, get things done. But when my little boy asks like for the thousand time, why, uh, I don't get into yeah. his universe yeah. as much anymore. You know, I'm like, just, it's mm -hmm. just because it's just because, you know? And so I feel so uh, like guilty and bad. And I got to find some tools to, uh, be like that sweet, super fun dad, uh, at the same time as like taking, uh, these meds because, uh, I don't want to like lash out at the kids. Like I still want to be like the fun dad who now has mm -hmm. boundaries, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, is there some kind affection. of compromise in the medications? Is there some type of type B medication that's kind of a not as extreme? I don't know. I don't know that world of. Well, the the, the I, in fact the, oh, okay. the this is the type B medication, okay. so it is less extreme um, than the other stuff I was taking. The other it's called Concerta, and it was just like the first time I took it, I I said like I can't believe this is legal. This is just yeah. they're giving this to kids, you know, and I just couldn't. So I, I'm taking stuff that's. A, a, a lot more weak, but at the same time, um, there is still, it's still yeah. a stimulant, you know? And so that molecule just still, it still stimulates you and you still feel that, that rush or whatever. Um, and working out really Good. helps to balance that, uh, to balance that, those, those negative side effects. And so when I come from the gym, my daughter's like, Hey daddy. And, and uh, she wants to like play and stuff like that. I'm a lot more uh, like I want to get into it, like with her or with my son who, you know, who's crying and, and, you know, for something like really, really silly. Um, I'll get down like on my knees and like look him in the eye and be like, hey, man, what's up? You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, we can work through this, you know, and, uh, and uh, if I, if I don't get that gym in, I'm, I feel like I'm just. Um, Same here. A lot it's, less uh, I, it's funny, I can relate a great deal to this after I went on the testosterone regimen, which has been, shoot, almost 10 years ago now. But um, I can distinctly remember, way more patient, way more lovey-dovey, I would say. Um, way more creative. That's, the, that's another interesting side where I was big into photography. And I was the type of guy that 
would pull his car over to the side of the road because that tree and that hill over there in the distance would make a really pretty picture. Let me get on my camera and, you know, get the photo lens. That's just gone. I mean, it just like almost overnight, it's like tree shmi and I haven't touched a camera in a long time. Just use my phone and that's about it. So it's kind of interesting. There's the mechanisms and you take these medications, something's got to give. There's always a give and take with these things. I'm this way, thank goodness, but something else is yeah. suffering a little bit. And you got to kind of balance it out and figure out what's what's important to you. And to you, you've decided you can't really function all that well without number one exercise. And I think a lot of men, how old are you, by the way? I forgot to ask. 34. Well, you're still a youngin'. But as you get in the 40 plus, boy, all those little, I have to sleep so many hours and mm. I have to exercise so many, I cannot eat. Those just become so much more important. Just That's right. Just for your sanity, just yeah. for, your mental, for your mental health, your physical health and everything else. Um, and then some of us need a little extra something, mm. Ritalin, Adderall, whatever it may be, testosterone, take the other way. But there's always a give and take. There's a give and take, isn't there, even for going to the gym? It's less time with the kids. Yep. Less time with the wife. There's always a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. So things have been, how long the process has it been from reading the book to now? Five months. That's all. Yeah. Wow. You got in this good of a shape in five months. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Okay. So. And like the is, cool, oh, sorry, go ahead. This is relatively new. Yes. This isn't like I can go to my wife and she just go to your wife and she just finally remembers years ago when you started going through the change. And so she's got to still be in that little bit of anxiety around these changes mindset. I would think I don't want to put words in her mouth, but if my husband suddenly loses so much weight and gets in such great shape and his mindset and his demeanor has changed in a short five months, does her brain immediately go to, uh Oh, something's up here. Um, That's a good question. Be a question. She's, to ask her. she's like a really smart. She's a really smart girl. She's mm -hmm. a college prof. Oh, okay. And like you'll in in terms of sub communication, I'll say something, and then she says what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. She'll answer the question of my sub communication. Basically, is she in psychology? No, no, she's in literature. Oh, she missed her calling, it sounds like. Sounds like she's... Crazy. Yeah, she's a, a really adept at this scene below the surface type of thing. Yeah, 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 That's exactly. And so yeah. this this is why a big reason why she would just get frustrated at all my little, like, fads because she's like, you know, I could just see it coming before. I know you, you know. Um, but uh, her reaction was... The first time she really saw, noticed my body changing was like, I really got to get to the gym, I guess. huh? There you go. Good, good, good. And I'm like, yeah. damn straight, you got to get to the gym. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and that kind of morphed in. And she's not somebody who like goes to the gym, but she knows she, she has to. She doesn't take enjoyment of, of working out. And so um, I'm, I'm in the process of finishing the home gym. Uh, like with a squat rack and all that kind of stuff because oh, cool. we used to work out together after we lost our girl and uh, that's what actually got us like really really close and our intimacy levels were like going through the roof and I'm like okay I gotta finish this gym at home mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. what we were using was just you know makeshift whatever but now with the squat rack so I finished I'm finishing the basement and uh, so she's like can you finish the basement so we can I could start working out you know 
And I'm like, I'm sure you, if you really wanted to, you could work out. <laughs> but go. I'm finishing it and I will, we'll go from there. But, uh, um, I think with me, you know, she, she would like make a compliment and she doesn't hand out compliments like, uh, for nothing, you know, mm-hmm. she would, she would say like, geez, baby, you're looking really good. And, I and I, <laughs> Mr. Nice guy, I'm like, Oh, thank you. Warmth. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but she, she's not somebody who shows affection a lot. Like that's just how she grew up mm-hmm. super close with her dad and her mom. They're still together since like 50 years, but like not lovey dovey people. You yeah, know? yeah. And so, uh, at home, she wouldn't come and like grab me by the butt or anything like that, or or come and like feel my arms or whatever. But I can tell you one thing: when we go to the beach, she is on me like glue. <laughs> she sees the prize. She has to let all the other ladies know. Uh-huh. Don't don't even think. That's it. Don't that's even it. think and, about and, it. And so she would come up to me and hug me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well. It sounds like all wine and roses, but it's only been five months, which means there's still some stuff you got to work on, right? So what? what like are, like yeah, I said, the nice guy, the nice stuff, guy stuff, and, the anxieties. So some of the deficiencies. What have you seen in during this process? Where have you had hiccups? I remember after two months, uh, the dead bedroom, me doing all the changes. Uh, I go home for lunch. Usually I was, wasn't going home for lunch. I'm like, Jim, 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 Jim. One day I go home for lunch and she's like, come into the shower with me. And I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. This shit works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like the baby was there too. Like she had like mom mode, but she's like, you know, she, she had her mission. And uh, I was like, are you sure? You know, um, cause I'm good. And she's like, come into the shower. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because of that and because it happened at lunch after that i was like going home at lunch i thought uh, i was going to the gym at four yeah. o'clock you know instead of at 12 and then i and then i'm like you know i'd be i, I would go into the. Sh- i'd be like hey why don't you join me in the shower she's like no nah, i'm good <laughs> yeah, so. and like getting rejected and all yeah. that so it's like when she gave you know you know an inch I tried to take a mile mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we've, we've seen that a lot in the group where, where men yeah. will say Eureka and then they go online to Amazon and buy sex toys and they, they try to take it up to level 97. They just skipped, you know, two through 96. Uh, so that's yeah. not, but what it does show is just how oof, desperate, uh, lacking in the physical department you were and how much that has an impact on a guy. Um, you know, a lot of women don't quite realize how much of a need that is and how we kind of go off the rock if we don't, you know, we go off the rails if we don't get it, so to speak. And then when we do, oh, yeah. so it takes everything in our power to remain stoic. And that was great, babe. You know, the old archetype of James Bond, James, James Bond would give her a smooch and say, see you tonight. Got to go back to work. And he'll never mention what happened. He'll never said, man, I really had a great time in the shower. As soon as he starts going that direction, the women are like, here we go, an eaty little boy. And, um, you know, I've talked to some men who have been in very unexpected hypersexual situations with their wife. 
and they will anxiety themselves right out of it. They will question, are you sure? This is very unusual. Do you really want to do this? We don't have to do this. Um, don't feel like you need to do this, sweetheart. And eventually the wife's like, you know, just forget it. It's like, uh, then they come to me yeah. and say, yeah, you just talked yourself right on out of a really good situation. And the part of the attractive package is to act like a guy who acts like, yeah, no big deal. This is just a walk in the park for me. Could happen to, could happen mm -hmm. tomorrow with that gal and that gal. Sounds terrible to say, but that's uh, under the surface is what the, the image that you're projecting. Like when you go to the beach, yep. take your shirt off. You're in a very indirect way saying, I could probably get any one of these chicks if I wanted to. And she knows that. No words exchanged. Don't even have to look her direction. And she comes right over to you and puts the arm around her. Um, you just throw that all in the trash when you act a little too desperate. Do you, do right. you have still in your, I don't know if psyche is the right word, in your being, is there still very much a woohoo sex vibe coming from you? When you get it, when you get oh, it, yeah, you're pumping man. your fist like, yeah, it's, I'm getting lucky. I'm getting quote lucky tonight. Um, I feel like I'm a man on him. Like when I know it's like, for example, a few other times before it's like, okay, we need it. The, the baby is always there. Like our third one. Um, and so I would just like say, okay, Jess, date night bringing the baby and the kids to your parents we are coming mm -hmm. home <laughs> and it was it was just being more assertive than anything but um, but that is your that is your there's definitely but that's your energy. code for we are going to have sex tonight sweetheart you're kind of taking charge and being assertive with that where it gets weird yeah. is if she sees that and says just so you know, it's not happening tonight. I know you want to. I know no kids, yada, yada, but I, my stomach feels, uh, it's just, it's not happening. That's yeah. where a lot of guys are, get on the groups and tick, 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 tap, type away and say, guys, the, everything, the wheels were in motion. The planets were aligned. Everything was perfect. And she said, no, when your reaction should have been, eh, eh, all right, cool. Want to play board games, watch a movie, yeah. go out dancing. What do you want to do? which I, ironically mm -hmm. increases your chances of getting lucky so much more than if you start pouting and and as you know, women can see that a mile away. They can, they can smell For that sure. pouty neediness. Why? What's wrong when she knows exactly what's wrong? What's, what's wrong? Why are you acting oh, yeah. that way? I'm not acting anyway. Yes, you are. What is it? Nothing. And then, then he can't, then he can't hold mm -hmm. it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, no kids. And I just expected we would, Oh, here we go. Um, so yeah. What I have found, it just takes time and it just takes, uh, you know, put a little rubber band on your wrist. And when you feel yourself getting needy, snap it, whatever that rubber band may be for you, you need something, you need something that mm -hmm. says, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, you have a built in escape with the gym. I think that's perfect. I'm feeling those feelings. Mm -hmm. eh, it's going to get a quick workout in. Didn't you work out this morning? Yeah, but I'm just going to do some cardio. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm going to go yeah. shoot some baskets yeah. with the guys. I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of men do not have that. Sure. So they just bottle all that in. Um, has it, it sounds like you have a very, for lack of a better term, rational relationship, communicative, talking it through. She sees through your bullshit right away and goes right under the surface. So, which is wonderful. My wife and I are very similar. So that means 
is she the type to say, I see what you're doing here. You're wanting sex and that's cool. I see what you're doing here. You're wanting sex. That's not cool. Or is she kind of playing the coy? She's like, I get it. We got it. We need to do it. Like we're married and it's not on a pity side. It's not like, it's not like, uh, she's doing, she's like, she's not looking at me saying, I just want to do this for him. She's more like, it's only normal. This is what normal. The healthy do. thing to do is to do, <laughs> you know, and to bond as a couple. And this yeah. is one way to do it. This is the major way to do it. So obviously we're going to do it. And in her mind, it's also churning. Yeah. Look at the guy. He's putting effort into himself. He's putting effort into us and so forth. And yeah, I'm a little turned on. I'm not all the way there, but I'm willing to give it a shot to see if I can get all the way there with him. And, uh, and, yeah. and sorry, three months in, she, she like wrote me a message or whatever. And she's like saying that like, she wants to be my lover. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. That's, that's cool. But <clears throat> you know, getting out of mom mode, that is a serious, that's easy, very easy to say. Um, but that has been the biggest obstacle, uh, as well. So there's that nice guy, nice guy rejected is rejected because mom mode and so what does nice guy do he tries to find every resource in the world on how to get out of mom mode and so podcasts and here jess here's the get on the self-improvement train and here we can try this and then she's just like every time i was opening my mouth it feels like in the past month she's yeah. like oh how am De i how am yeah. i tell me how i'm deficient now, now as a wife go on just love hearing this what I need yeah. to go to the gym now four yeah. days a week instead of two. Wonderful. I need I need to have sex with you more. Yeah. So that I, yeah. I really got that vibe from her in the past well, few weeks, and it's just not cool. And there's that excuse me that need, neediness side of me that's like I'm just gonna keep shoving this yes. info down her throat. And so I'm like, okay, I'm backing off, concentrating just on myself now, and and. uh I'll do what I got to do to, to you, just work on me. You, you know? tapped into so like something the rubber earlier band. where she said, is this yet again, another one of your little fad things that you do that you get? Is that, that's something from your past where you got really get into something and then drop it, get into something, drop it. And that's, which is part and parcel, yep. as you know, with the ADD, it's very, very common. It's also extremely common. I have noticed with guys that are pretty successful in life. Um, when they get into something, Oh boy, <laughs> do they get into something? And why is that so common with yeah. successful guys? Because those guys tend to put blinders on and then focus on the mission. And then if that mission is financially rewarding, oh boy, do they get rewarded because they just go, 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 go. Yep. Um, but uh, not necessarily the best thing for relationships. When you put blinders, kids, what kids, wife, what wife, friends, what friends, not so good. Um, so she has a point with, is this yet again, another one of your things? Have you ever had a thing like this last this long? Uh, an interest, a hobby. Well, I, 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 I took up, uh, hunting and, uh, so that, that's something that I took up in the last four years. So I'm still like hard into that. And so, 
but all the other stuff, like, you know, uh, really into CrossFit and then really into this. And then, you know, just immersing myself and uh, with as much knowledge as I can. And so yeah, uh, yeah. is it just countless I'm things, you. you know? And, uh, and so she's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. But uh, this, this, you know, the whole dead bedroom, the DSO world, uh, this is pretty much the longest I've gone in terms Good. of anything Good. self and I, I think part of that is probably the grip, yep. getting involved in, and talking to the guys on a regular basis. Oh. If you were on your own, it's very easy to be like, oh, look at that shiny object over there. Oh, that's the next thing I'm interested in. And then a year goes by and you're like, crap, I just gained 20 pounds. Where'd that come from? Um, when you got guys that, and these groups, totally, as you've seen, are active 24-7. And then on top of that, we have the meetings where we meet three or four days a week live on Zoom and all talk to each other. So there's a lot of accountability. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people saying, you effed up, dude, or hey, keep going. And in your case, holy crap, dude, your level of fitness is next level. I wish I was you. That's got to just light a fire under your butt. And you're like, well, now I have a thousand guys I have to keep impressing. They're, they're, if they're going to, they're not going to see me get fat. <laughs> <laughs> I got a yeah, lot yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's bus buddies out there that I can't let down. That's huge. Um, so I'm just curious, is, is your wife one to have passions as well? Or is she way more even keeled than you? Way more even keeled. And you that's know, what I hear again and again and again. It's you know, the yin and yang, the polar opposites attract. And the thing I hear a lot is my wife's the more grounded, she, she, you know, it, for a lot of men, they kind of look at it at a different angle and say, I kind of wish my wife had more passions and more oomph and more go about something. She's just more of, she has the kids, she goes to work, she likes to cook and that's about it. Yep. And, and every time I really get into something, she just kind of rolls her eyes. Like, here's the next thing that he gets into. And it just kind of dings her respect for me a little bit until and boy, she'll test the shit out of you to make sure that it's something for real and that it's going to stick and that it's not going to hurt her and the kids and the family. That's exactly right. That's yeah, that trust level. Safe. That trust level. If it's, I'm really getting into gambling. Oh shit. Here we go. We're going to lose the house <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, Scott, like one of the guys in our group, uh, one of the coaches that he was big into race car driving for That's a while. Exactly right. You one wrong turn. You're done for. Yeah. And, and, gotta, and his wife said, would get yeah. pissed off because people would be like, whoa, what do you do since he's into this? And she's like, nothing. She's like, I'm Mrs. Provider. I'm working in the clinic, making yeah. a lot of money, paying the bills. That's what I'm doing while well, he's Mr. Race Car Driver. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can see their point of view, the women for sure. But if they have a guy that they're confident in and they trust and they realize he's campaigned and sold his idea or whatever it is enough to where she feels all right cool let's just let him do his thing and then supports him mm -hmm. that's where he really elevates because you know you talked about when she says you're really looking good today and you're like i'm mr nice guy and i feel so woohoo mm -hmm. that's not a mr nice guy thing i think it's a human being thing mm -hmm. it's just that it's so damn rare for us guys <laughs> <laughs> women hear it all day every day that blouse is so cute your hair looks so good today. You're the best mom in the world. All she has to do is go Facebook, click, click, and 500 likes and everything. And ah, we don't have that. No. So when we get little nuggets of it, of course you're going to feel good. Even the most alpha male tough guy in the world, when 
he walks by and the woman says, you look really handsome today. He's walking with a lot more pep in his step that day. I don't think there's anything needy or, or unusual about that in any way, shape or form. And I wish women, more women realize just what a simple job it is to be a good wife. Yeah. Just, just dabble those little things in there and we will, we'll murder for you. Mm-hmm. We'll, mm-hmm. If you got a good man, he will do anything and everything to keep you around and keep you happy for sure. So, for sure. so you have some nice guy stuff, some neediness stuff still creeping in there. It's still yeah. relatively early. Five months is nothing. I mean, for guys listening to this or watching this video, five months. No, we've got guys on there been at this for years and they're still working at it and their patience levels are running thin. And, um, I, I'm with you in the patience thing. I don't know if I, now here's a good question for you. You're doing this five months into it and you are still where you were five months ago. As far as relationship with your wife is concerned, what do you do one year later? You're no changes and you are objectively the better looking, the better acting, the more loving, the more attentive, the more this, the more that more independent. As far as you're concerned, you're just checking all the boxes and wife says, Hey, I'm kind of more concerned with kids and job patch on the head and say, good job. But as far as intimacy and closeness is concerned, it's not going to improve any. Have you thought about that? We spoke about it and I was, and I said, <clears throat> cause you said, like it said in the book, yeah, you said in the book, this is what's going to happen. She's going to say, what if I don't do this? What if I don't want to go to the gym? Or what if I just don't want to like be close to you anymore? And I and I said, uh, and it was really really hard. And I said, because uh, she's my, you know, she's just like she's your soulmate. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And I don't it was see like the hardest thing that, that yeah. I ever had to say because yeah. I know it's not going to get there because I just know it, but. I still needed to say it. And I was like, I want to share my life with somebody who wants to have fun and who finds me fun. And we do adventures and it's a good example for our kids. Bingo. And, uh, if, and, 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 you know, that's the example that I want to lead. I want to have fun with my spouse. I don't want to have to be working. Perfect. All that. And then that's it. Yeah, that's the healthy version of the talk, isn't it? That's another. Yeah. Way, that's another and, way and of it, saying. And it happened yeah. naturally. It wasn't like, "Hey, yeah. babe, I need to talk to you." It wasn't malicious. It, it wasn't. I'm going to be mean. Listen here, woman. No, it was just like I got to be honest with you. I love you to death, but I don't know if you're telling me that this ain't going to happen. I don't know. I hate to say it, but you put a stake in the ground. So test passed, right? That's the ultimate test. Yeah. The ultimate test. Yeah. And that, that was actually, sorry to interrupt you again, but yeah. that was the, the, the next day she said like, I'm in, I want to be your lover. There you um, go. Yeah. And, and the irony of all ironies is if she had said, oh yeah, or what, which is basically what she did. Oh yeah. Or what? And you had said, I'll, I, I had, I made vows. I'll love you no matter what. I'm here to stick with you no matter what. I love you to the end of time. Even if you became a thousand pounds, I'm still here, sweetheart. She would say, yay, and give you a hug. And then the next day she'd be like, eh. and then her chances of running off and finding Mr. Right just went up exponentially because everything in her hindbrain would say, I don't know about this guy. So you passed the test big time. Hey, you want to jump on the awesome Michael train? Now's the time. And she jumped on. So awesome. So any guys listen? It was cool. Yeah. It, it, and it felt good because... Um 
with the whole nice guy stuff and the comp- competency test or a shit test or whatever, um, I felt like it was like her saying, please go against me on this. Yes. Isn't that funny? And that, it's, yeah. it totally goes against the way we, we think of things in, in our rational, quote, male brain. Um, it, it's something that I preach to a lot of men, and it's very disturbing to some men, and it really sets a lot of men off, is sometimes you have to put uh, boundaries in place for the woman in terms of, hey, I'm going out with the girls tonight for the third night in a row. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? In essence, what she's saying is, I'm kind of tiptoeing towards not so good behavior. Can you please just kind of slap me on the wrist and tell me, bad girl? Yeah. And a lot of men are like, I'm not going to tell her that. She's an adult. Yeah, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Who am I to stop you from having fun? I'll have fun with my friends too down the line at some point. And then how does she internalize that? He doesn't care. Yeah. And that's huge. He's just going to let me. Yeah. I tried to, I put up the red flags and said, dude, I'm about to do something I'm not so sure about. Let me in a roundabout way ask you for permission. See what you think about it. And you have every right to say, Three nights in a row is a little much, to be honest with you. I think maybe you should stay home with your husband and, and kids. Maybe we should, maybe you and I should go out instead. She'll pout, mm-hmm. and the next day, you're right. Let's go out. You saw, you saw a version of that, which is, uh, hey, tell me to jump on board or you're going to leave. Please just tell me that so I can respect you. And you're like, here you go. And she's like, yes, yeah. I got a real man. Awesome. Good. That's right. You know? That's right. And um, it's, uh, it's uh, like, you know, Psych 101. Uh, if my man can't stand up to me, then what kind of man is who's he, he going to stand up exactly, to? Exactly. Exactly. Little old me. You know? Yeah. As Esther Perel said, and how I put in the book in the, in the latest edition, um, women's biggest fear is that they mistakenly hooked up, partnered with a guy who really under the surface is just a scared little boy. That's their <clears> biggest <throat> fear. And to make sure that that's not the case, they will do those little tests again and again when you least expect it. Unfortunately, also when you're at your weakest. That's the shitty part of it. But they yeah. recognize he's down for the count. Let me do one more kick to the ribs and see how he takes it. Um, yep. And a lot totally. of men do not take totally. that well. This relationship game is not easy. <laughs> and um, no. not all of us at any point in our life are cut out for it. It takes some skills. And, and you're learning in five months. You see this improvement in five months. Can you imagine this time next year? Wow. It's going to be yeah. fun, especially with the baby being older. Yes. So that stress will be alleviated a little bit. Turn down the stress knob yeah. a little bit. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be yeah, What will totally. your wife think of this talk? I assume you will show this to her or let her listen to it. Um, yeah. Uh, she asked me, she's like, so where, where can I uh, listen to this? <laughs> so good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's going to – I think it's just as black and white as it is. Uh, she's, she'll just be like, yeah, that, that's uh, that's what it is. Um, but uh, there's, you know, you know, privacy stuff and say, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I wouldn't be sharing it on my wall or anything or like on my personal Facebook page or anything yeah. like that. But, um, but she sees the changes that are going – uh, in my life. And, and, uh, and so she supports it because 
it's building our family up, you know, and, and, uh, one thing that I was talking to Austin, one of the coaches, and he said, like, if there is tension about being in this group, you can always just say, how the changes that I've made, are they uh, going to help our marriage or not going to help our marriage in the long run? And it's always, well, it's going to help our marriage. Okay, well, let me do it. Let me, like, you know, not let me do it. Well, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. are you on board? And, uh, and it's just as, as easy as that. And so, you know, the, my wife, um, might take it personally, this video, I could see her taking it personally. And then it would be like a cool off, you know, day or two and saying like, okay, I know there's like a lot of guys out there who are in the same position and, you know, she can see Mm -hmm. through bullshit. And so she can see like the other, the other points of view, you know? And so, um. And uh, because there there are people in uh, marriage situations that I that are that I'm friends with that I say like man, uh, how do you how do, how do you get it to to that to that place you know? Um, and co- the whole COVID situation mm-hmm. we saw here in Quebec separation after separation, and that was another big thing too of me getting on this dead bedroom fix thing too. It's like okay. In my mind, it's like the intimacy goes, then your roommates, then you're not living together anymore. And like that, that's just how it, how it goes for me. So I saw us like not being as intimate because the baby was there in the cesarean section. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing everything I can so mm-hmm. we can be more, have more intimacy. And um, that turned into I'm doing everything I can to make me the best guy that I can be a husband, a father, or just my own self. Um, and so uh, when I when I saw the people like getting divorced and close friends of mine, my wife saw that, like that anxiety in me. And so she saw the, the, the reasons for uh, all these changes as well. Because we would always see it, like we kind of make a joke out of it is like, Oh, so-and-so got divorced. We're going to start seeing him in the gym. And then before you know it, he's looking buff and he's looking good. And so I said, honey, I'm getting taken care of this before anything bad happens. There you go. And uh, so she's she's on board with it. And, and you know, being in the frat, uh, sharing uh, your, not like just your successes, but like your hard stuff that you're going through. Um, it's like mm-hmm. a church group, you know. I actually, I sometimes feel like you'd be more honest with the people in the frat because there's a lot less judge, you know, judgmental. Uh, um, and I wish it wasn't like that, but, um, but that, that kind of building up and, uh, you could look through pretty much any post and it's like, okay, this is what you got to do not to change your wife. It's like, this is what you got to do mm-hmm. to change yourself. And that's cool. And that's what I love about the frat. It's, you're not, you can't control anyone else. You know, it's, it's really, what can you do to yourself? And these are the actions that you got to take. Um, and if nothing changes, well then chapter there you seven. Go. I think that's the perfect ending. Yeah. Michael, thank that's you it. so much, brother. I appreciate it. And anything thank you, you want to promote while we're on here? Nothing. Up to you. Just, just, nothing? just the DSO All universe. Right. 
It's an awesome DSO it's a fraternity. Page. Yeah, uh, it's I love it. Yeah, guy. Thank you so much, guys. Check it out. DSOfraternity.com. And before I forget, are you going to join us in Texas? I don't think. No, no, oh, we man. cannot. But oh. I would love to. Yeah, I would All love right, to. Well, maybe on the next one. There'll, there'll be more after this one Sounds for good. sure. All right, brother. You have a good one. Take care. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.